Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Come Follow Me Today, a brief message to help us experience an additional spiritual moment in our otherwise complicated lives. My name is Caleb Sanford, and thank you for joining me as we accept Christ's invitation to follow him today. For those of you new to the show, we're studying the Book of Mormon, another testament of Jesus Christ, loosely following the study curriculum of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And today we're going to be in Helaman, chapters 13 to 15. Well, not much has changed since we last checked in on the Nephites. Quote, And now it came to pass in the eighty and sixth year, the Nephites did still remain in wickedness, yea, in great wickedness, while the Lamanites did observe strictly to keep the commandments of God, according to the law of Moses. End quote. It's interesting to note here that the Lamanites, who are descendants of Laman and Lemuel, who fell away hard from their faith, the Lamanites managed to find their way back to the gospel of Jesus Christ and ended up being even stronger than their Nephite counterparts who were descended from families that were very strong in their faith. I think this is an important reminder to us that the gospel is available to everyone and regardless of an individual's family situation, God's plan is that all his children will have the capacity to find their way back to Christ. Let's make sure we don't lose hope that someone won't find their way to Christ just because their parents lost their faith, or because they were born into a non-gospel-centered family. Quote, And behold, ye do know of yourselves, for ye have witnessed it, that as many of them as are brought to the knowledge of the truth, and are led to believe the holy scriptures, yea, the prophecies of the holy prophets, which are written, which leadeth them to faith on the Lord, and unto repentance, which faith and repentance bringeth a change of heart unto them. Therefore, as many as have come to this, ye know of yourselves, are firm and steadfast in the faith, and in the thing wherewith they have been made free. End quote. Well, let's get back to the Nephites, who for many years now have been struggling with their faith. In this part of the Book of Mormon, a Lamanite by the name of Samuel travels to the land of Zarahemla to preach to the Nephites, to try to bring them back to God. Before we get to his teachings, let's make sure we really understand the significance of his mission. Here was a Lamanite who recognized that he wouldn't have been brought to the knowledge of the gospel himself if it wouldn't have been for faithful Nephites who traveled to the Lamanite cities to preach to them in the past. These Nephites, strong in their faith at the time, shared their faith with the Lamanites in their time of need. Now Samuel, recognizing that the Nephites were now in need, left his whole life behind to try to return the favor, to now share his faith with them. This is an important aspect of missionary work. We're not just helping bring people to Christ for their own benefit, but with the understanding that when we ourselves become weak, those converts to the gospel will help pull us back up. Now, unfortunately, the Nephites are in such disrepair that Samuel has to use some pretty strong language with them. Quote, Behold ye the people of this great city, and hearken unto my words. Yea, hearken unto the words which the Lord saith. For behold, he saith that ye are cursed because of your riches. And also are your riches cursed because ye have set your hearts upon them, and have not hearkened unto the words of him who gave them unto you. Ye do not remember the Lord your God in the things with which he hath blessed you, but ye do always remember your riches. Not to thank the Lord your God for them, yea, your hearts are not drawn out unto the Lord, but they do swell with great pride unto boasting, and unto great swelling, envying, strifes, malice, persecutions, and murders, and all manner of iniquities. End quote. As I studied these chapters on Samuel the Lamanite this week, I couldn't stop thinking about this particular passage. Ye do not remember the Lord your God, but ye do always remember your riches. 
Could we all be guilty of this to a degree? If we were to add up all the time we spend on divine activities and compare that to the amount of time we spend on worldly activities, what would that comparison look like? At least for me, if I'm honest with myself, I have a lot of individual days where I don't read from the scriptures, do service for anyone beyond my own family, or help build the kingdom of God. But I never forget about my riches, whether that be my iPhone that I use all day long, or checking out the Labor Day sale at REI, or watching my favorite show on Hulu, which I just upgraded so I wouldn't have to watch commercials anymore, or even the books, podcasts, and articles I read to help me be more successful in my career. On any given day, am I really that different than the next guy who doesn't have faith in Christ? Now, maybe you and I believe that through our faith, our hearts have been changed. We've become more Christ-like. And so even if we're not actively providing service or building the kingdom of God, we're indirectly doing it by allowing our light of Christ to shine forth to those around us. Well, I do believe that's true. But one of Samuel's next teachings really drives the point home for me as he's prophesying about the impending birth of Christ. Quote, And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall believe on the Son of God, the same shall have everlasting life. End quote. The context here is that Christ is going to be born in another five years or so, but many, even those who have been following the law of Moses and have been hearing the prophecies about Christ, even many of these aren't going to believe in Christ. Why? Perhaps because they're too distracted with their riches, their careers, their hobbies. They haven't made time to focus on Christ before his birth, so why would anything really change after his birth? And for those that are distracted from regularly remembering Christ, maybe everlasting life isn't really a high priority for them either. The same is probably true for you and I. If we're too distracted by our lives, our wealth, our devices, our jobs, and aren't making enough time to really remember Christ, we may miss the promptings and revelations of the Holy Spirit that Heavenly Father is using to try to guide us in our lives. If this isn't a high enough priority for us now, then perhaps everlasting life won't be a high priority for us either. My mother-in-law, who passed away a couple years ago, was an amazing example of someone who always remembered Christ. She struggled with kidney failure for the last 20 years of her life. Through two failed kidney transplants, years of dialysis, bouts of cancer caused by her treatment, and eventually heart surgery, She had set a goal to study her scriptures for an hour every day, and she did it every day, to the point that sometimes my wife had to pull her scriptures away to force her to rest after medical procedures. My mother-in-law refused to allow herself to be distracted from her faith in Christ. Everlasting life was her objective, and she made it. Well, if our goal is really to accept our Savior's invitation to come and follow him today, then let's reflect on what might be distracting us from growing stronger in our faith so that we can make whatever adjustments are needed to enable us to truly hear him. Thank you for listening today, and I'll see you next time. If you think this episode would be beneficial for someone you know, feel free to hit the share button, and don't forget to rate this podcast right now to make it easier for others to find. Goodbye.